The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This with Leanne podcast and are for purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. 80% of what we learn comes through our eyes and what we see. Locking eyes with another, whether in person, from a distance, or these days more on a screen, really create the human connection that we all thrive on. Vision, it's a critical sense that we have, and for us lucky enough to have it, keeping it for as long as possible is a worthwhile health effort. Much of what I talk about on Eat This with Leanne is for us us to live a healthy and full, long life as long as we're here and reap all the benefits that it has to offer. With that, the ability to see the color of your vibrant beets, blackberries, and blueberries, the depth of the color of your dark chocolate, the brightness of the squash and peppers and sweet potato on your plate. Well, that's just some of what our vision offers to us at times. And you know, so much of that, I believe that we take for granted. Our five senses, our touch, our taste, our smell, our sight, our hearing, all allow us to live the full, well, the fullest really of all the rich experiences that come across uh, just our day-to-day living. But what happens as we age, or maybe unfortunately, if you suffer from an injury like a concussion, brain trauma, or like a local injury to your eye itself, well, your life changes and sometimes really dramatically and quickly. As with brain health, heart health, gut health, hormonal health, the quality of your sleep, the ability to repair and keep every aspect of your body healthy, really from the inside out, your eyes likely won't get much attention until something is off. So in the vein of keeping all of your fine self really healthy, today on Eat This with Leanne, we're gonna speak with an optometrist who can not only tell you your risk of stroke, but can also shed light on your liver health, see if you've got cholesterol issues, just by looking deep into your eyes. Dr. Mario DiCosmo specializes in neurovisual training at Mind's Eye Clinic here in Toronto, where I happen to be. Mario's passion is helping those who have been told that there's nothing else that can be done, helping them through their visual challenges. With uh, fathers who, for myself, my dad, his vision is failing him. Yes, he is almost 92, but with all of his siblings, his parents having visual issues, this topic is definitely close to my heart. Now, it's not only for him, but also for myself and my kids, knowing that our genetics can dictate the potential for macular degeneration, which is what he suffers with, hitting me. He's had glaucoma, he's had cataracts, he's had it all. But really with a focus on my diet and you as well having this opportunity, giving my body 
sharing with you what you can give your body, the proper nutrition, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. I'm really am going to try and push off what the potential is that did actually come up in the DNA test that I had done by the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this that we went through in both episodes 101 and 111, in case you're interested in finding out more for yourself. Now, whether you actually have this insight or not, there are just so many reasons to listen in, to make notes, to share this episode with those who you know need it. And with that said, let's just dive right in and welcome Dr. Mario DiCosmo. All right. So welcome, Dr. Mario DiCosmo, to Eat This with Leanne. Why don't you kick off with telling us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Thanks for having me. I'm a neurovisual optometrist that practices in Etobicoke, focusing a little bit more on looking at the whole body as uh, one big picture instead of just looking at the eyeballs and recognizing Mm. that there's a lot more to the patient and people. Uh, There's a brain attached to the eyeballs. There's a whole body attached to those eyeballs. So it's trying to find ways that, yes, we're going to try and take care of your eyes, but if there's something else going on that's affecting them um, through your body, talking about that and finding the right ways to deal with that, whether it's uh, through neurovisual training, uh, if you've had a concussion before, uh, or if it's more uh, nutrition-based or anything like that. It's a really good way moving forward. I've, I've seen quite a few articles written, headlines, all those kind of things that we all happen to see, whether it's on social media or otherwise, in practitioners or doctors in particular saying that, you know, the old school way of, of coming at health is to have doctors that are kidney specialists or knee specialists or you know in your case you're an eyeball specialist and and they don't marry these systems and these situations up when we really are you know we're we're number one a big huge bag of all sorts of bacteria and that's going to affect everything but but also you know our human parts of us it's all connected i remember mm-hmm. figuring out that um, that DHA, which is something that I talked about when I really focused in my career on, um, on new babies, new moms, pregnancy, nutrition from tummy to toddler, which is where Sprout Right started originally. And I used to say, you know, DHA is so important for you to take because it's important for the retina of the eye and also your brain. And then it was one of those really disconnected things. And at one point, I found out that the retina of the eye is actually brain tissue. And then mm-hmm. it, it was just like a puzzle piece just dropped right in. And I thought, well, duh, I did, I'd never <laughs> even, I'd never even thought about it or questioned what is the retina tissue made of? Like you kind of don't really go about your day thinking, oh, I wonder what that tissue, you know, like, what is that? I am so far ahead of your curve. I found, I figured it out when, uh, when they used to sing that song, the head bones connected to the neck bone and the neck bones connected to the (laughs) shoulder. See, I knew everything was connected at that point. It took you until you were almost 30 to figure it out. So which part of that song is your brain tissue is the same as your (laughs) retinal tissue. Well, that's the fourth. I haven't heard that. That's the fourth or fifth verse. Nobody ever gets to that. (laughs) But 
Yeah. Anyway, I, I I'm sorry to interrupt, Doctor Mario. Chris. Please let's uh, let's play off of the the whole eye tissue thing. Let's go there. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think everybody only memorizes the first couple lines and then they, they forget. <laughs> and then they start talking about brain tissue and retina tissue. They're like, Ah, I'm done with exactly. This. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's true, and we we forget that that's that's how the eyes develop. Like they come, they're extensions of the brain, and um, a lot of vision pieces and how your eyes work uh, are affected by the brain. And it's close to 80% of your brain function is uh, visual information that mm. it's trying to put together. Uh, and it's not all about just the picture. Like there's, you know, the vision cortex that everybody knows or most people know in the back of the brain um, that everybody thinks, okay, you see the picture, that's where it goes in the brain. And you're done here and there, but there's balance, there's posture, there's um, how you're able to coordinate your eyes so that the reading comprehension that you get is sticking in there. And that's some mm. of the stuff we we work with a lot of kids with uh, learning difficulties, ADHD, dyslexia, things like that. And a lot of the times it's not it's not because there's necessarily things going on. It's just the majority of it is because their eyes just don't want to behave. And their brain isn't telling their eyes what uh, what they need to do. So it's looking at that whole piece and recognizing that, yeah, it's, it's there's so much more that uh, that influences these eyeballs of ours. Mm, and that really, what you've just talked about there, speaks to the neurovisual training that you really focus on and have for the majority of your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really really interesting to know that you can come at a lot of these things in a different way from your eyes, from your vision. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and on top of all of that, like part of it is that whole, uh, nutrition piece and, and, and what, what you look at, because, you know, we get a lot of these kids or our concussion patients that, uh, it's very beneficial to have, uh, proper levels of omega threes and the DHA that you talked about and EPA and, all those kind of things that are going to help with the retinal health, but just they're more uh, anti-inflammatory properties uh, that help to let the brain heal or just right. perform optimally. I mean, you know, I I don't know if you've had a a, a, t- a podcast on one of these, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's important stuff for brain development and and moving forward. Yeah, inflammation really is. It's, it's at the root of disease, no matter what it happens to be. We've talked about inflammation with Julie Danilik. I don't remember the episode, but you can search for that, our lovely loyal listeners, uh, for a bit more on that. But, you know, throughout Dr. Brockenshire's talked about inflammation and heart disease and high blood pressure. And so really getting a handle on inflammation and some of that foundation, which I know that we're, we'll get into, is having the antioxidants, which help to, number one, put out the fire, and then also having those components of anti-inflammatory from things like fish oils, DHA, and EPA. So, you know, those two things I find myself talking about all the time. You got to put the fire out first with all the antioxidants and then bring in the fish oils, which help further with the uh, with the inflammation. So, yeah, there's lots more to say on that. And there's sure. uh, lots more to come on that for sure. <laughs> so, um, so what is it that you're looking for when you look very literally deep, deep, deep into someone's eyes? <laughs> that sounds so well, romantic. 
Doesn't hey, it? Doesn't it? Every day is a romantic day in the eye clinic. <laughs> you know, all the cliches, windows to the soul. It's it's true. Um, windows but, to the liver. <laughs> to the liver. Heart like, disease, cholesterol. Honestly, Don't throw on Marvin Gaye while I'm in the office. I'm okay with everything else. I'm all right. Hey, we did we did the lights. Is that okay? That's I fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You're gonna need to. You throw some of those drops in there. Some of the yeah. anytime I go for an eye exam and they throw those drops in that dilate the eyes at the end of the exam. <laughs> at that point, you can turn the lights off because whoo. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no. And, and I'm glad you kind of kind of talk about the, the whole looking into the eyes because a lot of people think, you know, eye doctor, I only need to go to them because uh, I'm not seeing well and right. I need new glasses or new contacts or things like that. But that's only one piece of what we do. The whole other piece is you know, looking at your eyes, looking in your eyes and trying to look for any other things that are warning signs uh, that there's something else going on inside the body. So when we're looking at the vasculature, the uh, optic nerve, it's one of the few places in the body that we can look inside of you, like inside the body without having to do any crazy surgeries or things like that. Like yeah, we got to put the drops in, with, which are a little annoying, but it gives us that, you know, big window to say, okay, what do the really, really small blood vessels look like? Because those are the ones that get affected first. Mm-hmm. That's why the the kidneys are affected the most in diabetes and the eyes. Those are the two big ones that get affected first. And mm. uh, so we're looking for, you know, signs of the diabetes. We can see blood pressure changes inside the eyes. Uh, we're looking at uh, if there's signs of high cholesterol or lipids, or if there's a blockage along the way, that's a warning sign for a potential stroke. Uh, that's that's coming down the line. It, it happened the other day that I saw a patient, and you know, you see just with the vasculature, basically uh, the artery that goes up into the eye is pretty much straight off the aorta, uh, and uh, that's the big main kind of blood vessel off the heart, mm-hmm. and uh, and so seeing that in his eye, it was like, hey, like, you might want to go get that checked out. And he went uh, to get, you know, ultrasounds and things like that. And it found out that that particular carotid artery was actually blocked by like 95%. Wow. What? And yeah. And so you just if, saved a man's life. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I know. You, you did. Everybody, everybody puts it like that. And I don't well, know, it's just happens. part of our job. But yeah, it it does. So thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess so. Um, so yeah, so just trying to look for those kind of things. And then obviously all the, all the specific things that are uh, connected with the eyes, like macular degeneration, uh, glaucoma, uh, all those kind of things that everybody hears about cataracts that they're always worried about um, and making sure that that's not, uh, not the case. Or if it is, right. how do we take care of it? Right. And are there really early warning signs of macular degeneration and glaucoma and the the more typical um, things that people think about when you're having your eyes looked at? Different ones for different uh, things. Glaucoma is a little bit tougher to to jump on, uh, but the biggest way to prevent it is just being proactive and getting checked every year. Um, So that way we can catch it because glaucoma moves really slowly uh, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the sooner we can catch it, it and deal with it, the the better off you are. Uh, for macular degeneration, they're doing a lot of more uh, research into what those early signs are. And the big things that we look out for are uh, 
the deposits at the back of the eye. So those are lipids and proteins, basically byproducts or garbage that the cells mm-hmm. make when they're working, which okay. is natural. All cells make them, but okay. your body is good at removing that stuff. And that's where the antioxidants come in. But if your body's not able to remove those, that buildup, it just keeps building up, building up, building up until it starts affecting your vision. And uh, and so we're looking for those kind of things. But even before that, they're starting to find that um, the photo recovery of the retina. So basically, if you have, you know, going from a bright room to a dark room, yeah. Or you have a flash of light and then you're in a dark room kind of thing. How quickly your eyes recover from that gives us an indication of the function of the retina. And mm-hmm. so the quicker you can recover means the cells are working that much better, that much more efficient. And if it's taking you longer, there's probably going to be some of that backup that's going to start happening. Wow, so it's, so it's like to- almost like cellu- cell- cellular resiliency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And with macular degeneration, you want that uh, cellular resiliency uh, when you have, say, like UV coming into the eyes or things like that, because we have our our natural protection, uh, like natural built in parasol glasses in terms of the lens of the eye, the cornea blocking out a good chunk of UV that gets in there. But there's actually uh, pigment that's at the back of the eye there uh, that helps with blocking some of that light. Not all of it. That's why we re- still recommend sunglasses. Um, but when that stuff fails, you need those cells to be able to to bounce back and deal with mm-hmm. it. So, and when you get to see this garbage junk in the back of the eye, does that is that what's telling you? Because you mentioned to me um, before about being able to understand a bit more about what's going on with the liver. Uh, that's uh, slightly different. So okay. to my knowledge, they right. might still be looking into it uh, to see if that might be why there's more of that buildup at the back of the eye. Okay. Um, but the in terms of the liver, we're more looking for signs of jaundice, the, the buildup of uh, bilirubin. I don't know if you've talked about it or the listeners know about it, but basically if you're getting like a yellowish tinge to your eyes uh, that's what it is yeah so it's the it's the whites ah. of your eyes uh that if they start getting that yellow tinge that's what jaundice is and basically that yellow color is uh bilirubin um which it's when the red blood cells you know they do their job and when they're not working anymore they die off and your liver's supposed to clear that out and if it's not able to clear out those chemicals and the red blood cells that's what starts backing up inside your body and then you notice it more on the whites of your eyes because those are the the most white things on your body and you can see the contrast it's a big one for uh picking up on signs of hepatitis uh there's there's also a little bit in terms of like other cancers because it's all in that area if there's proper ducts that aren't clearing the way that they need to um i don't want to scare anybody that you know automatically if your eyes are yellow you have cancer but it's just again a warning sign that it's like hey this is happening mm-hmm. let's let's look a little bit deeper into the other parts of your body to see what might be going on could it potentially speak to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease mm-hmm. we've we've yep. talked we've talked about that and yep. um that always sort of stays top of mind for me we talked to Dr. Brockenshire about that uh, in a previous episode. You can just search for NAFLD, N-A-F-L-D, um, listeners on that one. And because it's it's really prevalent, 
um, in so many people because of high fructose corn syrup and just our, our eating of highly processed food on a regular basis and sugar. And I, I really, I, it was such, um, such an eye opener for me. I didn't truly didn't understand just the impact of, you know, we've got insulin resistance, we've got diabetes, but the non-alcoholic fatty, fatty liver disease issue is something that, that is being seen so much more. So I think that's also really fascinating if just from your eyes, you've got a bit of a tinge going on that's a wake-up call because you can't get away from it every time you see yourself yeah. in terms of like, okay, let's go and check this out. Let's go Definitely. see what it is because it's very possible that it's not, you know, your worst case scenario in the big C. Exactly. Um, but it's a telltale sign that, hey, you know, check check your diet, check what you're drinking. If you're having cans of pop every day or something like that, hmm, maybe it's yeah. up in your eyes. There you go. And that's another thing that we see that with the eyes is sometimes it's it's such a like a sort of very early sign right. that sometimes it doesn't. You know, we send you back to your family doctor. They run all the blood work and the tests, and everything comes back normal, and which is good. And that that means yes. that we're catching it as early as possible. But when there isn't anything that you know, the family doctor can't pick up on or treat at the moment, that's where it comes back to, you know, healthy living, mm. good lifestyle in terms of, you know, exercise and diet and nutrition and that whole piece, because that's the whole thing. And, and us too, we preach it that it's more preventative yeah. uh, medicine that we like to to practice instead of reactive. Kind of thing. Yeah. And I also might just throw out there potentially not exactly knowing this is off the top of my head that certain tests um you know we've we've done a deep dive into the type of blood tests that you can have done and extra ones to be asked for or something that you might have to pay for to give you a different profile um in more of a functional medicine um way there's in all sorts of different tests out there that your functional medicine doctor specialist um is more likely to do than your family doctor um, that you might want to, if you're not finding that, oh yeah, well, I've got the yellow of the eyes, but they can't find anything. Well, that's just within the parameters of what they're testing. So keep asking questions, um, you know, reach out to me and I'll see if I can find some people for you to talk to in the more functional medicine space, because, you know, those signs I think are really important. It's just making sure that the tests you're getting are telling the whole story of what's going on. Can you just kind of speak to the cholesterol piece? Um, like, how do you see cholesterol in the eyes? There's a couple different ways. Um, basically, there's the, the very extreme case of where we're seeing, you know, a piece of it making it up into uh, the vasculature of the eyes. Um, but in terms of our uh, blood pressure patients or high blood pressure patients or diabetic patients, what happens is those tiny little blood vessels, the way they get affected is it's the uh, tight junctions in between the cells of the walls of the blood vessels. Right. So basically going from a tube and they kind of get a little bit like a sieve mm -hmm. and uh, the blood is leaking out. And when that starts happening, we're going to get um, the blood leaking into the retina. And it when it gets cleared up, the blood cells are able to get cleared up, but a lot of the cholesterol can uh, can be left over mm. in the different layers of the retina. So we'll see um, 
and there's there's a lot of yellow spots that, that we we see inside the eyes, but that's one of them. And right. um, and uh, and so it's just seeing that either clumping or grouping, not in the typical places that it would be, say, for macular degeneration or anything like that. And uh, and just recognizing that okay, this is this is something that's going on for you. It's mm-hmm. it's something we need to look into. Mm. Yeah, I remember years and years ago, it was not um, at your practice, but uh, but years ago, somebody did mention, oh, you know, you should have your cholesterol checked. And what I found interesting after having an eye test was, and somebody mentioning that to me, um, and I just have that inquiring mind. So because there was no, like, what are you talking about? I should have my cholesterol checked because you've just looked in in my eyes and giving me a prescription for glasses. Like, hang on a minute, this feels disconnected. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how on earth are you telling me that? So yeah. I hope that for our lovely loyal listeners, that helps because I probably would have taken it a bit more seriously. I don't believe I have a cholesterol issue from from uh, from what I understand. But you know, again, am I having the right tests done? Um, yeah. But you know, understanding how much your eyes can tell you. Um, you know, and, and I'm just going to say this, cause I think this is a question that a lot of people are going to be asking Do all, um, opticians do this. Uh, so sorry, sorry, not an optician. Uh, yeah. So opticians are the ones that make the glasses, That's right. uh, optometrists. optometrists. Uh, so we're kind of like the family doctor for your eyes. Got so it. we do a little bit of everything, uh, a little more general. And then if there's anything else going on, we refer you to the specialists, uh, or the surgeons who are the ophthalmologists. That's right. They, they really made it easy for everyone to understand yeah. <laughs> by picking all these words that are so close to each other. Uh, so what would a, what would an optometrist see in order to go up oh, there? We're going to have to send this person to Dr. Mario. What would they see in order to escalate to you? Uh, the, sorry, you said like a family doctor to send to me? Or? Yeah, you, well, said, uh, you said optometrist, Chris, which is the person so who's they, making your glasses. They wouldn't, yeah, so they wouldn't have any idea or any clue. They wouldn't uh, go in, look in your eye and go, oh, geez, there's, there's that, those red, you know, uh, blood cells floating around. We need to get Dr. Mario on the, on the phone. It you would come it. from your family doctor. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The family doctor is going to be the one who's who's looking inside the eyes. I mean, sometimes we even get uh, referrals from dentists um, because they can uh, they tell a lot of things from inside your mouth and your gum health and all of those kind of things. And so if they know, hey, you know, there might be signs of the diabetes or high blood pressure. I know that it affects the eyes. You should go get your eyes checked all those kind of things. Um, Shout out to our dentist up there. Um, But um, (laughs) but the uh, but yeah, so it's 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 mostly more the the health or medical professionals, Uh, the opticians. I mean, there's some of them that might take a quick look inside. Um, You just have to uh, like they're they're going above and beyond if they're doing that. But um, it's it's a quick check. So it's just like a screener that then they're like, okay, no, you got to go see an optometrist to get the full check. Um, But but to your point, Leanne, um, all optometrists are looking inside the eyes and looking for all these things. Now they might not necessarily uh, dilate every single time with the dilating drops. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to look, they're going to potentially have machines that take pictures uh, or scan so that there can be baseline information that we can compare over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but every optometrist should and needs to be looking inside the eyes uh, to check for that health, because if they're only looking at um, the, the prescription and just right. saying, Hey, let's just check the, uh, what's going to help you see more clear. And then 
let's sell you a pair of glasses, yep. you're you're missing half the half the piece. So right. if they're not checking inside your eyes, then you need to find somebody that does. Right. Excellent. That's really helpful. I always um I, I think I tend to say, Oh, you sure you need to do the dilating today? Cause I gotta <laughs> drive and it's a sunny day and all that kind of stuff. So I'll just shut up on that one moving <laughs> forward. This is not the place uh, to be airing your Yeah, to be this is not yeah, airing an agreement. Yeah, it's not like a suggestion box over here. Dr. Mario, could we just yeah. you know totally nix the whole eye drop thing? That'd be great. I Thanks. Right? Sign Leanne. Yeah, exactly. Pain yeah. in the butt patience no, <laughs> that you have okay. like me. Yeah. And it's it, I know, I, I get it a lot. I I'm get sure it a you lot. Do. And yeah. um but the whole thing is it it just gives me a better window, like a bigger window. The way right. I explain it is uh, you know, I'm trying to look inside of a room where the door is closed. If you're mm. not dilated, it's like I'm looking in the keyhole. If <laughs> I mean, if you are dilated, uh, the door is open now. Wow. And so I can see a little bit more yeah. of the deep dark corners and all the different nooks and crannies. <laughs> and Leanne has a few deep dark corners. <laughs> well, actually, Chris, I have a freckle in the back of my eye. What? I'll have you know. Excuse, huh? How, how do you get a, how do you get a freckle on your eye? Yeah. How does that happen? I have no idea. You know, you get, uh, it's just like any other part of your body. You get that buildup of pigment and it's, uh, it literally is a freckle inside yep. the eye. And, you know, that's also why we talk about wearing sunglasses because, you know, just like any other freckle on your skin, you want to be putting sunscreen all over and making sure you're protecting there and that it's not making things change. So, yeah, we're looking okay. for those things yeah. as well. Like this might be a bit of a million dollar question and then we'll jump to the diet, but can your eyesight improve even though like you start to wear glasses and then your prescription's getting higher? Can you like reverse all of that? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's the million dollar question. I, um, I figured. <laughs> might as well ask it. As Why everyone not, right? as everyone leans into their radio. Right. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Come on, what's he going to say? <laughs> uh, um, it, it is possible. Um, so... It happens uh, a few different ways. It depends on the type of prescription that you have. It depends on who, who uh, or, or what kind of optometrist you've seen in the past um, and basically how your life changes. So what I mean by that is we'll have uh, these big changes that typically happen as you develop. So we'll see a big prescription change that can potentially, not always, but can happen around grade two, grade three, grade mm -hmm. seven, eight, yeah. and then 11, 12, or like university. And we'll see those because those are big uh, changes in terms of the curriculum um, as to how much work they're doing, how much extra homework or reading, uh, whether there's more uh, screen time that's getting involved. Uh, grade two, grade three is also that reading comprehension piece where they go from learning to read to mm. reading to learn. Okay. Um, and so they need that comprehension there. Uh, but we've had people kind of normally once you hit or kind of level off after that university age um, thing that it, it stays the same. But then there's some people that after that point, 
you know, in their mid twenties, if they're doing say a master's or a PhD or post-secondary where there's mm-hmm. that much more uh, research, but also a little bit more stress and things like that, that causes the prescription to change and, and increase. And uh, I know you're talking about if your eyes get better, um, but that's where if we can remove those stressors or that environment, so maybe not doing as much screen time or at least taking breaks. Um, I think I just heard of, heard many parents say, what, no school? how do we get rid of the school yeah right i know i know uh that's that's been the biggest frustrating change for sure like going on for the online learning and you know i get it but at the same time it's we got to recognize that a kid looking at a screen isn't the same as a kid sitting in a class no because very very big difference yeah on on all levels yeah yeah and um you know sitting in a class the kid's going to be looking at the teacher but then you know looking at who's answering a question, looking at who's picking their nose, like, you know, looking around all over the place, changing. Did their... did, did we go to school together, Dr. Mario? <laughs> yeah, I was the one in the back picking my nose. So, <laughs> um, but uh, they're, they're changing that focal distance. Whereas when you're just on a computer screen the whole time, it's one distance and your brain is always looking for the easiest way to do things. And so, if it's more work for it to look at this distance, uh, then it's going to change and make your eyes more nearsighted because then that makes it easier for you for the majority of the time you spend there. Mm. Um, but after the fact, if we're able to kind of change and we'll see this with some people that, you know, change their profession, no longer on screens as much as uh, they used to be, uh, we'll see that the prescription can get a little bit better. We'll see, um, women uh after having been pregnant and having children sometimes Mm -hmm. their prescription gets better and that's Mm. more of a hormonal and again tied into the stress piece um disclaimer here i don't want people taking this and thinking oh okay this is when like i'm going to get to the point where i don't need glasses ever um what uh what we see happening is that it does you know it get better by a certain amount once okay. there's structural changes that it gets to that point and that's a lot harder to 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 fix beyond you know laser surgery and all those kind of things but right. uh, but we will see those uh like the vision and the prescription getting better if we can avoid those stressors that are causing the prescription to get worse yes so. i think my reading is getting worse you know <laughs> i'm 51 i need the glasses for the immense amount of screen time for work and then I was trying to read something the other day and switch between my computer glasses and then my uh, progressive and I was like I still can't really read that you know as in like the typeface that would be in a book Um, because I think we've all probably got used to I'll just increase the font or sometimes on people's phones it's hilarious because you can see like there's three words on the screen or or the font is so huge that three words fit onto the screen or they're sitting (laughs) sitting there they have their phone and the whole room can read the text because because the font is huge it's like no that's not quite it take the take your eyeballs off the screen yeah exactly wow yeah which is just a different a different world especially for the kids too and, yeah. and over the past few years. All right, so let's let's move over to talk about food and diet and all of those kind of things. So 
diet wise, what do you see? I don't believe that you're asking for a food diary as I would, as you, as you talk to your patients, but kind of what are the top points or the top recommendations diet wise, because I know you talk about this too, Mm -hmm. um, that you discuss, uh, uh, with your patients. Yeah. So the big, uh, big things that we talk about are, uh, the omega threes for sure, uh, needing to get the proper levels of those. And I'm sure you've kind of talked about this, how not all, uh, omega-3s and fish oils and things like that are all made the same um, and ideally kind of getting it in your diet um, the, to the to the best that you can yeah. um, but then also your dark leafy greens mm-hmm. so your spinach your kale your swiss chard bok choy i'm italian so rapini and all that good stuff um, and then your orange vegetables so yep. your peppers, your sweet potato, pumpkin, carrots. Yes, carrots are good for your eyes. <laughs> peppers, uh, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here oh. first. <laughs> yeah, not really first. Yeah, not but. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think why people you know called it a myth was because a lot of people were saying, "Oh, carrots are going to make your eyes better." Um, I think it's more of a preventative thing. Right. It's that you know eating carrots prevents them from getting worse. Worse. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, so all those kind of veggies, uh, and, and fruits as well, because you want to get the vitamin C, uh, from the citrus, uh, fruits and things like that. Vitamin Kiwis. E. Kiwis. Kiwis are yeah. great for vitamin C that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good. Um, and then, uh, the antioxidant piece. Uh, so a lot of the, you know, dark fruits, blueberries, blackberries, pomegranates, Mm-hmm. all those kind of things and and trying to hone in on those because each of those or sorry the, the grouping of those are big on trying to uh avoid things like cataracts macular degeneration um and uh yeah those are the big ones those are the big ones yeah and i mean all the superfoods that i've talked about a million times the dark chocolate even um and mm-hmm. i i just all everything really, if I think about it, the things that I say the most on Eat This with Leanne is really trying to eliminate, avoid, reduce, get rid of one less mouthful of anything that comes in a box, a bag, or has a barcode pretty much to it in the in the ultra refined foods, processed foods. You know, we always want to have in something like an an ice cream with a cone, right? Like if you think about the cone itself, then mm-hmm. that is ultra processed. There's nothing in there but some crunch and, you know, it's a way of holding onto your ice cream. But, yeah. you know, if you had it in a cup, would that be a better case scenario? Yeah, it would yeah. be. You know, yeah. I mean, we can debate the ice cream, but we won't get into that because <laughs> Chris is listening and that's his favorite <laughs> food group. But There is um, nothing but, you but, can say that will change I my know. mind and my love for I ice know. cream. Nothing. I know. I know. Whenever I think of ice cream, I, I just picture Chris's head in 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 in, in, in the, the bucket. Free, in the in, freezer. Forget the freezer. No. It's right in the bucket. Oh, no, in the freezer first. <laughs> did uh, Did you go to the X and try the the mustard and the ketchup flavor? Oh, ice cream? good lord, no! Oh, <laughs> what? No. Okay, listen, there are limits to every love, okay? (laughs) There there has to be. There's just places you should not go. And yeah, sorry, I can't do it. 
No, uh, the, 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 the most savory I can get with ice cream is salt, right? So like a salted caramel. I can't, beyond that, forget it. Don't put right. beef in my ice cream. Don't put yeah. mustard in my ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Call me old fashioned. Sorry. Yeah. So, so back to the actual healthy stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about the healthy and, stuff, Leanne. Let's talk and, ice cream. And what if, what if there was like a, oh, here you go, Chris. How about this one? So matcha. Matcha ice cream is green. Mm-hmm. And matcha, green tea, is an antioxidant. There, there you go. go, Chris. There's a better case scenario. Okay, have for you, you ever and put ice cream? Have you ever put matcha ice cream in your mouth? I, I don't remember. <laughs> well, you've obviously blocked it because it was horrific. That's probably okay. what happened. Now I don't I, I it's not my favorite flavor. I have tried it. Okay. I have yeah. tried it. But then but then also is it like just food coloring and flavoring or is it actually the matcha powder that yeah. you would be making a cup exactly. of tea with? I mean there's all those. Yeah. You could do a deeper dive into that. However, sure. the point is is that nobody's really blending spinach into your ice cream. Yeah. Right? Like it's that it's that kind of thing. So we just got to we've got to eat the foods and find a balance to to, uh, you know, to having the foods that, you know, are not so great for you, but, you know, give you enjoyment in life. But if you've got a particular focus, because as I said off the top, you know, it's your eye health is not really something that's probably top of mind as you're eating whatever it is that you're eating, right? That it's, that it's affecting your health until you're got a situation, you know, like my dad, again, that I mentioned off the top 92 living on his own and, when I FaceTime him, he's got an iPad and, and, and he doesn't answer. I are, I already know that he can't see that he's missed a call. Yeah. You know, he can't see those things. And until you're in that situation and have to deal with the absolute frustration of, of your sight lessening so much that it's seriously affecting your life. That's when you think, Oh God, I wish I'd done all those things and ate more spinach and, you know, all just all the things that we're talking about here. So it just, this, conversation just goes into the whole conversation was really I guess what I'm trying to say of you know the brightly colored foods the including the uh, the kid boost or the skin boost one of my products from they take this by Leanne uh, supplement line as well as the Alka C that has all of the uh, all of the extra nutrients in there the Omega boost also from my line all of those absolutely are key on top of eating all the foods you don't supplement your way out of a crappy diet these are all all augmenting all the good things that you're eating already or trying exactly. to include really. yeah yeah and so, that's 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 the big thing and i, I was actually gonna uh kind of ask you about this because you probably know a little better because when i'm talking to my patients and i'm telling them to, to eat all these things and there are the supplements at the same time but mm. you know in terms of the, the way farming's going these days and you know how many how much nutrients you're getting yeah. from uh from the same bowl of spinach that you might have had, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, are, are we getting that same amount or is it likely? Um, not. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. Trying so it's to, a larger bowl of organic larger, spinach so that you, you don't go. have all of the extra chemicals. Yeah. And, and again, this is where the supplementing really helps to balance out just what's happening globally. Right. Our soil, the nutrients in our soil is not what it used to be. So are you getting, like you said, are you getting as much vitamin C in an orange? No, you're not. Maybe is it 60 milligrams? Well, that's only going to stop you from getting scurvy. Is it actually going to help your cellular health? Yeah, not so much. So you're not going to sit there and eat a whole pile of the oranges. So that's where taking Alka-C, for instance, just mixing it up into your drink, that 
brings your your intake up to a optimal level where it's really having more of an impact. I'm not saying ditch the oranges and only no. take the C. It's yeah. it's it's one plus one equals two, you know, or or three or four or five, so that you're actually getting a lot more. But rather than getting stuck on you know kind of the world of of farming and things like that, try and find a local you know, local farmers market, because then you can talk to them and, you know, how are you growing this? If it's growing, you know, growing hydroponically, or you just know more about your food and there's more connection to your food. And then that also helps you to feel like, okay, I really am doing the best that I can. And even if it's that you're an iceberg lettuce um, eater and you move over to romaine lettuce, because you see those leaves are green, are greener, better. And then you go and get arugula or, um, watercress or a little bit of baby kale you get some spinach this time where you think okay finally and i'm gonna chop up or rip up the spinach and put it in with my eggs and try it out like all phenomenal things that you're doing for yourself so it can just be one step at a time you don't have to completely get rid of everything and then switch it over it really is a is a progression in in from where from where you where you are right now and with all the incredible screen time that we all spend uh you know we have your little notice on a Sunday it says how much screen time have you had this week you know and I kind of like swipe it and go oh I don't really want to know uh (laughs) is it less or more this week or whatever like what is that really what's that doing to our eyesight yeah so um when you're getting the blue light in your eyes uh, it's, it's a higher energy light, um, and it scatters a lot more inside the eye. So, um, basically when the light comes in, it starts bouncing around a lot more instead of just being able to get focused right on the retina and so that it's nice and clear. Mm. And if you've got it bouncing around a lot more inside there, more than it should, it's triggering a lot more of those cells to work harder than than they need to and so trying to build up those antioxidants we talked about those pigments at the back of the eye so that they can absorb that blue light and deal with it accordingly um, so that there isn't the extra bouncing around that's happening um, then that's going to help preserve our vision now the whole they did a big study on uh, blue light and what it does to your vision and your eye health and things like that. And it did become this big boogeyman thing mm. that uh, that everybody was like, okay, now we're all on screens. We all need these blue light glasses and, yeah. and things like that. So I get that question a lot sure. uh, from my patients. And they say, you know, we're doing all the screen time. Should I buy these, you know, blue light glasses online or whatever? And and I tell them, I say, look, the, the study that they did was more looking at the disease piece. Mm. And they're looking more at preventing cataracts and macular degeneration and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Now, the good thing, too, is, like I said, there's parts of your eyes that have a little bit of that protection. And when you go outside, you're getting a lot of that blue light and UV as well. Mm. Um, so that's why we tell people wear sunglasses outside. You're not necessarily going to use sunglasses when you're on the computer. No, um, probably but, not. <laughs> Be on uh, a Zoom call with your sunglasses on. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm just uh, moving myself up to uh, celebrity status. I'm just sitting here with my sunglasses Right? On. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, but a lot of people were uh, associating the fatigue and the eye strain and the headaches to the blue light. Uh, mm-hmm. when it's more so the uh, the muscles of the eyes that are locked in a certain position and flexing for hours on end. Like imagine trying to flex a bicep muscle or right. whatever. 
whatever for yep. longer than 30 seconds, it starts to hurt. So sure. um, it's called isometric training. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> We've talked about that <laughs> on the, on this episode, 30 seconds on each muscle group. That's a good thing. It's, right? It is. Yeah, but yeah. that's only 30 seconds. That's only 30 seconds. Exactly. So when you start doing an eight hour work day, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to start. It's like you're running a marathon every single day. Yeah, um, just with your eyeballs. Exactly. Eventually it's going to, going to wear you down. Um, and so it's, it's trying to give the eyes the, the breaks from the screen, uh, that helps relieve those muscles. Um, and if it gets to the point, there's the neurovisual training that we do that helps to strengthen those muscles and reteach your brain, how to use your eyes more efficiently. Um, and that's what we're looking at when we're dealing with those concussion patients and kids with learning difficulties, because it is more of a, how the brain is telling the eyes to work. But, um, but in terms of the the blue light stuff, by you taking those breaks and looking away, you're giving your eyes a break from that blue light. And yes, there is that piece that it does, or it it, it does make cataracts and macular degeneration come a little bit faster. Mm. It's not to the degree that you know they're making it seem. And I was getting a lot of people that were buying these blue light glasses, you know, online, you know, wherever. And sure, they're getting the protection from the blue light. But they're also looking through uh, plastic, cheap plastic, that the the optics of looking through it, there's more distortions. And it's actually making the eyes and those eye muscles work harder because it's almost like you're giving a prescription that's not the prescription the person's supposed to be looking through. Oh, boy. Right? And so it's, yeah, you're getting the benefit of the blue light glasses, uh, but you're, you're, you're causing further strain potentially over the long run on these muscles. Mm-hmm. So I was telling people, I said, look, like if you're, if you've already got glasses that you're wearing, um, that we know the material is a good material, it's good plastic, good optics, yep. and it's your prescription that you need, then yeah, let's put the blue light blocker on there, right. you know, protect the health, do all that kind of stuff. Um, but I wouldn't say that we need to go out and buy those glasses because that could have implications in the future more to the to your sight, your vision mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's more just giving your eyes a break from right. the screen time. Is there, um, you know, a mental health implication and vision? Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, this could be a whole other podcast <laughs> episode, episode. Yeah, but I just yeah. thought I'll, I'll just, I'll just ask that question and then we can always put a pin in it because it'll probably carry on for another hour about oh, that one. But Oh man. Yeah. It, it might've opened Pandora's box, but I'll, no, right. I'll, I'll keep it simple. Okay. Um, but yeah, because um, just basically think about what's your body posture when you're happy right. and like you're in a good space, you know, and they always tell you if you're feeling down, put your chin up, right. stand up straight, chest out, you know, chin up. You're good like that. When you're feeling down, what's your body posture? So slumped over, hunched yeah. over, chin down, looking down, hard to look yeah. at people in the eyes. What's your position when you're looking at your phone? Down, 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 down. Right. So we're getting this whole kind of, and, and, you know, I I won't say for certain that this is, you know, the cause or whatever, but it's definitely not helping, Mm. Um, you know, the, the whole mental health piece because it keeps any kid or adult who's, you know, struggling with that in that state. Right. And Mm. if you're, if you're trying to combat, um, you know, whatever it is, depression, any other mental health kind of things. If you're stuck in that state, you know, 
the physiology of your body isn't helping you if you're staying in that position. And so if you can change that, like, you know, it's try to try to try to laugh with a frown on your face. Like it's, you you can't do it. Like it's just, it's impossible. Right. And so it's trying to break that cycle and put you on the other side of things to try and help you out. And so you know, there's, we, with the, with the neurovisual training, we see again, it's not only the clarity, but what happens to your functional field of vision. Um, and it's related with stress. It's related with, uh, you know, environmental stress, trauma, like all these different things that as you're getting, uh, more focused on something, you're, feel the vision kind of shrinks you almost get this tunnel vision and it's Mm. not that you you can't see outside there it's not like it's gone it's just your brain's only paying attention to a small piece of the puzzle right and if you're looking there the whole time it's just further feeding into okay now i'm looking at this small screen which is going to make my functional field of vision that much smaller it's going to force my body posture to do the same thing and turn more down and in as well uh, which is going to further all of that stuff. And when you tend to look at the super fine detail, anything mm-hmm. that is different from, you know, what you say want it to be or think it's going to be seems like such a big difference and a big change. And so then that's where we get the anxieties um, and OCDs and things like that, because they're so focused on these fine, fine, you know, details that everything that happens seems like the world where if you were able to open up your field of vision and recognize, Hey, there's so much more going on out here, uh, that this little change that happens right in the middle. Yeah, it sucks. But on the scale of the big, bigger picture, it's not the end of the world at least. Right. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah. So what a really interesting (laughs) way of, of how, yeah, how your eyesight is really just, yeah, it's it's making your world a smaller and more concentrated place. Yeah. Wow, so, really interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, definitely more to discuss there. Yeah, um, yeah. And just to finish off, I don't know whether you can speak to this or not or give me an answer on this, but this is this is a, and I'm sure there's lots of uh, lovely loyal listeners out there who can probably feel this too, but whenever I get a migraine, mm-hmm. my eyeballs hurt. The back of my eyes any movement, obviously the, the, you know, the light coming in, it just feels like the most incredible inflammation on the smallest of blood vessels. And it's just so painful. It's silly. Yeah. So what on earth is going on with my eyeballs (laughs) when I have a migraine or anyone else for that matter? I'm just gonna make this personal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the brain is a bit of a, a black box that way. Like I know a lot of doctors have a tough time, like explaining migraines and you know what's going to help them and some people there's nothing that you can do you just have to wait it out um or catch it early um but it kind of comes back to what you said uh near the beginning about how the retina is brain tissue Mm -hmm. and it's just an extension there right um now you have a lot of muscles uh around the eyes uh and one particular one that's been the the big one for a lot of people because it does so many different eye movements. It's part of pretty much any way your eye is moving, that muscle is involved. Um, and so it's supposed to be this powerhouse, but again, it can only do so much. So if it's working and you know all these things, 
eventually if it gets tired or if you're having a migraine, it's going to amplify that strain on that muscle. It's, and, and where that muscle attaches is like on top, but near the back of the eye, okay. which is where people tend to feel it. Like they come mm-hmm. into me and they're pointing like right above their eye. They're like, it's back there. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's literally where that muscle goes in. Uh, so there's a little piece of that, but it's, it's the brain tissue and with, you know, the migraine and, and how it's, you know, with some, what some of the scientific communities talking about, about how the, the blood vessels are, you know, expanding and contracting in those right. parts of the brain, causing the pain. And then that refers throughout the rest of the brain, um, tissue. So you'll right. feel it in the back of the eye and we'll get, we'll get some people that have what's called ocular migraines or migraines with auras. Uh, and some of your listeners who have migraines, they might say, yeah, like, you know, my field of vision zeroes in and I only see a small little dot or it's a black spot that grows or it's a zigzag line or Mm. halos or whatever. Like everybody's got their own version of what these auras look like. And it's just because, again, there's so many different parts of the brain that are involved in the vision path way that wherever that migraine's happening it's gonna affect the how you feel and what you see and so we'll get those connections but then there's sometimes you know you get the migraine with no auras or you get the auras with no migraines yeah or one comes first one comes after like it's 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 a little tough but yeah to answer your question yeah i'd say it's just because the eyes are an extension of the brain that you feel it right at the back there got it so it literally is a brain ache yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fascinating stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your your incredible wisdom. And I'm sure that this has cleared up many things that people didn't know that they needed to know about their vision, their sight, and and also really expanded, you know, expanded things into the periphery in terms of, okay, yeah, really what I'm eating and the effort that I'm making is actually also helping my my eye health. So thank yeah. you so much. And yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll tee up another conversation at some point and talk a little bit more to do with the mental health side or even the, um, you know, the work that you do with the neural visual, visual therapy and, uh, and concussions and things like that, because that's, yeah. I mean, it happens. It happens yeah. to a lot of people. Thank you so much for for having me on. I hope I was able to give uh, a little bit of insight to some of your listeners and your followers. And it's a cool space. I mean, I'm a nerd about it. I love it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's good what you're doing in terms of you know trying to help educate people and you know making sure that they're getting the right diet, the right nutrition, the right things to be able to just further improve their life. So thanks so much to Dr. DeCosmo. That was so fascinating. And there was a lot of takeaways for myself, but I know that you, our lovely loyal listeners, also have as well. Just really want to quickly highlight two of those antioxidants that he, that he talked about, the zeanthinin and the lutein. Now, lutein is found mostly, as he said, in those yellow and green fruits and vegetables. So you've got your kale, your spinach, your broccoli, your peas, your lettuce. I talked about watercress, arugula 
arugula, anything that's green and leafy. Also, egg yolks are absolutely incredible. The foods to include also kiwi fruits, like I said, grapes, but colorful, colorful grapes, not only just green grapes. Um, oranges, really good. Zucchini, whether it's green or yellow, and all the different kinds of squash, especially as we're recording this, it's the fall of 2020 and it's totally squash season. Eat your lutein-rich foods with a healthy fat like olive oil, and that can actually improve its absorption in your body. Cooking kale actually reduces the lutein by nearly half, according to some studies, while cooking spinach can enhance the lutein content. But don't let that put you off. I still eat it raw and cooked, mostly cooked, and I'd suggest wilting it and serving it with a couple of eggs. I'll share a great recipe for a healthy bowl that I make on a regular basis over on Leanne philipson.com so that you can too just make up this incredible bowl and it's a super fast way to be able to increase these specific antioxidants. Also, as I mentioned from the Take This by Leanne line, Kid Boost or Skin Boost, same product, different name. Either one of those are so high in a lot of those antioxidants that are so important for every cell in your body, as well as the Alka-C, that vitamin C that you just want to use to increase the amount that you're having. Adult Boost, that also has a lot of the antioxidants and specific nutrients for the muscles of the eye when we talked about that to do with headaches. And then there's also Omega Boost as well, which is a, an incredibly powerful DHA and EPA. So you can find all of those over on Spring outright.com. And also in the show notes on leannephillipson.com, I'm going to share maybe an idea of what you can eat throughout the day to be able to increase your lutein and zeanthanin uh, intake. And it's not as difficult as you think. A tweak here and a tweak there, and you'll be ready to go. Thanks so much, as always, for being along on Eat This with Leanne. Thanks for listening to what Dr. Mario had to suggest. Thanks for listening to our giggles. And we always welcome even more questions from you. If you have, there's someone that you happen to know who you think is someone who I need to do a deep dive with on a topic that is affecting your life at the moment. We always want to hear about that. So reach out on social channels of Leanne Philipson and also Sprout Right. Send me a message through there and we love, love, love hearing hearing your feedback. You can also send messages through both Sprout Right and Leanne Philipson. Sign up for my weekly newsletter while you're there and of course share 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 and rate this um, on whatever platform you happen to be listening to for those listeners who are trying to find older episodes i'm starting to put those in the show notes on leannephillipson.com because we can only go back by a hundred episodes so the booze one i keep getting asked for that that's up on leannephillipson.com to search for that and then you can listen to it right there for you thank you for being here thank you chris for all of your input As always, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.